Welcome to the latest edition of the Conservative Party's regular podcast, Patriots Podium. I am State Chairman Jerry Kassar. Today we will be joined by Frank Venuccio, who together with Daria Novak, produced and host the Venuccio Novak Report, which is carried nationally on radio in 12 cities and televised as, as, as the American political zone. Frank, who hails from the Bronx, has been active with the Conservative Party for decades. He and Daria have welcomed me to the show many times, including an episode from the radio wall at the uh, National CPAC in Washington. The Venuccio Novak report has been described by USA Government Policy as one of the most intelligent radio shows in the nation. It welcomes in-depth reporting and discussions on issues uh, really ranging from U.S. foreign policy to national defense and a variety of domestic topics. The show welcomes thorny topics such as race relations and the growing diversity of American values and views. Welcome to the show, Frank. Jerry, it is great to be with you again. Well, thank you. Thank you. And it's always great to be with you. I've, I've actually, I look at your show as um, a little different from many of the other uh, broadcast I'm welcomed on over the course of a year because the dialogue on your show can be very intense, very informative to an audience that, you know, has the interest in uh, putting the time in to listen. So please give our audience, our audience, a thumbnail sketch of how the show came about, uh, Daria, and your approach and how, uh, when and where they can listen or view. Well, it came about in one of the most unusual ways possible. I ran for state senate on the conservative and Republican Party lines back in 2010. And one of the many radio shows that uh, that I was interviewed on, apparently the host enjoyed the conversation so much that after the election was over, he said, you've got a great, uh, great voice for radio. Why don't you consider having a radio show? So we started with a, a very small radio show. It got picked up by a couple of networks, and here we are today. And like like uh, we said earlier, you're you're heard in twelve cities, but you're actually heard more than that because you yeah. also through your podcast, uh, through your internet presence. I mean, I recall um, I recall being on one of your shows. I heard from people out west. I heard from people all over the country that they had heard me on the show. Uh, so that you know, I was I taken aback. Yeah, I guess I was. But I was certainly pleasantly surprised. So let me ask you this uh, this question. Frank, is democracy in our nation under threat? It is extremely under duress at this point. And the most recent decision in New York concerning the Trump case uh, illustrates that significantly. Look, whether you like Donald Trump or whether you hate Donald Trump, the case in New York was a travesty from having a state attorney general who campaigned on a pledge to get a private citizen, in this case, Donald Trump, to having a judge who has made more anti-defendant comments, in this case, the defendant being Donald Trump, and having that judge not be tossed off the case for bias is an astounding attack against, against democracy, against our entire judicial system. Again, this really has nothing to do with Donald Trump himself. It has to do with the way justice is done in the United States. After all that was done, after the case concluded, Governor Hochul, I think, made the jaws drop of a number of people, I think, on both sides of the aisle when she said, businesses don't have to worry in New York as long as they're not Donald Trump. And 
the meaning was as long as you get along with the Democratic Party or perhaps donate to the Democratic Party, then you won't have to worry about being prosecuted. Jerry, this is no different, except that it's in, in about money rather than blood, between what Putin is doing, has done to Navalny, and now what the Biden administration and the state of New York has done to Donald Trump. Well, thanks, Frank. So let me let me ask this. You've given us a good outline. And by the way, for the audience, uh, the conservative party nominee is presumptively Donald Trump. Many, many, I, I know people just make assumptions, but we go, we go through a process in counties in Doss. And uh, just a few days ago, Erie County's endorsement of Donald Trump for our, for our party line put the president over a 51% of our weighted vote, and it just continues. So I'm just going to, just for the audience's purposes, conservative party presumptive candidate, no shock, but we did this before, you know, basically before um, South Carolina. We did this really earlier in the process than a lot of, uh, a lot of other people have officially done. But let me ask you this. Uh, is the greatest threat presented by a foreign power or domestically by terrorism, or is it a result of growing unrest among our citizens, or maybe a combination of all these things? And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's in, in maybe in some places like the judiciary that you discussed earlier. What is really the greatest threat to um, to the continuation of America as we know it? Problem is, all these are intertwined. When we have a president, Joe Biden, whose family has been enriched by America's worst enemy, China. Um, there no longer is you can talk about a foreign threat or a domestic threat. When you look at the fact that in illegal immigration, uh, so many of the people coming over the border, we've seen about what is it, something like 10 percent now yeah. are from China and from Iran, from Russia and their military age young men. It's a foreign threat, but it's a threat right here at home domestically. All these things have converged into one overarching threat. Perhaps the most serious threat to the United States, I, I think we've seen in our lifetime, possibly since the British burned the White House in 1812. So let me, all right. So how about the growing conflict uh, uh, on whether the United States should, the growing uh, discussion really in our nation on whether the United States should continue to support the Ukraine, at least at the level we have seen. What's your view? The Ukrainians are doing a job for us, frankly. Um, you have to look at history. If Vladimir Putin wins in Ukraine, it'll be Poland, Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, Belarus next. So I think we have to give full support to the Ukrainians. It's not wasting money or wasting ammunition. It's actually doing a job preventing a real war that American soldiers have to fight in. So I say full support for Ukraine. So let me just, I just want to offer my own personal view. It's not the party's official view. I believe we should continue to support the war effort. But I do think Europe and NATO really need to do more. I know they'll, they'll come up with stats saying, well, we do this or we do that. But I do think that the United States has generally been carrying too much of the world's weight, uh, even if it's to our benefit. I mean, it's to their benefit, too. And that's one of the things I liked about President Trump. He certainly was not an isolationist, but he understood, uh, you know, he, as a New Yorker, I think he better understood than most what the value and role was of having United Nations. And there isn't that great. And I think he does understand that Ukraine needs to exist. But, you know, everyone's got to pull their own weight. That's just that's my view anyways. Yeah. Uh, if you look at some of the countries, like, for example, Great Britain, 
uh, Poland have done their fair share for NATO. Right. But the reality of it is Germany, which has one of the world's largest economy, has utterly failed to do its fair share. And I think that Donald Trump, perhaps not as articulately as he could, but nevertheless has brought that up. When you have an economy the size of Germany, which does absolutely next to nothing for its own defense, then we certainly have a right to complain. Even if the equipment, even the equipment that Germany has, for example, it's its leopard tanks, um, most of them are mere shells at this point. They haven't been maintained. They don't have the size of an armed force that they need for their own defense. Trump's right to bring that up. All right. I totally agree with you on that. Uh, let me ask you this. Well, who's the bigger threat to America, Russia or China? Well, I, I would have to say that China is the bigger threat simply because their economy is larger. Jerry, if you look at how we won the Second World War, yes, it was the, the heroism of our men at arms, but it was also the industrial might of the United States. We rebuilt an entire fleet after Pearl Harbor. We did it in record time. The fact is, if we went to war today, we simply don't have the industrial base to do what we did in the Second World War. That is a huge threat. So let me ask you, Frank, has the United States lost its way in the world community due to President Biden's leadership, failed leadership? But that's the way I would put it, failed leadership, but leadership? Yeah, when you look, everything from the embarrassing withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we gave billions of dollars of American military equipment to a terrorist group that bombed Pearl, that, that took out the World Trade Center, when we look at the fact that we seem to appease China and Russia more than oppose them, certainly. And if you want to take the most specific case, let's look at Iran. The Biden administration has refused to, to enforce the sanctions that were put on Iran for its policies, for its support of terrorism. When you look at a nation like Iran, which is about to get nuclear weapons, when their legislature starts their meetings each time around, we're chanting death to the United States, and we're not even keeping sanctions on them, that's insanity. And the Biden administration policy is inexplicable. I don't care whether you're left or right, Democrat or Republican, you can't excuse or explain the Biden foreign policy. Well, so let's take uh, the foreign policy and put it in the spot of both domestic and foreign policy, which is actually border security. It's the unique area where uh, I guess the pedal meets the metal. Uh, where do you place our porous borders in relationship to our nation's economy and internal security? Well, let's talk about national security first. As we start, talked about earlier in the segment, you have huge numbers of military age young men from Russia, China, and Iran crossing our border. Jerry, there's no way you can look at that except to say it's a fifth column coming into this country. Yeah. That is an imminent national security threat. Yeah. In terms of our domestic economy, look, I live in New York City. I live in New York State. The economy of that state and that city are being decimated by illegals. Now, those who support the open border, like the Biden administration, continue to say, well, you know, we're all a nation of immigrants. Jerry, our ancestors, when we came to this country, didn't expect to get a diamond support, and we didn't. We contributed to this nation. We wanted to become Americans. The folks coming over the border now are taking more than they contribute. I've seen economic numbers. Most of them are nonsense fudged. They're not contributing much to this economy. They're taking vast amounts of welfare. Their illegals are replacing our veterans in homeless shelters. 
this is a disaster for the economy. So, you know, the New York Times, uh, excuse me, I said the New York Times. I meant the New York Post. I apologize. Big difference. Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> big difference. The New York Post contacted me just recently, uh, apparently on the Canadian border. And they were they were up they were they had some people up in Vermont doing a story on the, the the crossovers on the Canadian border and these are not Canadians crossing over illegally these are um, individuals from um, from uh, South America or the people that would have been at the our southern border in the last six months it has quadrupled it's nothing like in the south uh, and the Texas but they want something something like. Uh, 3,000 illegal crossings in the Vermont area over the past six months to 12,000. Correct. And, uh, you know, just to give you a concept, you know, it's like it's like the uh, osmosis with water that eventually it finds a, a, a softer spot to come through. And it looks like, uh, you know, some of these merchants of illegal immigration are looking now at the Canadian border, which the U.S. does not obviously spend as much time uh, defending. So um, just as a, you know, just as a side note, I know some pieces are going to be appearing on that. And I found that to be extraordinarily disturbing, to be honest with you. So, Frank, it has the concept of patriotism been lost in the United States, particularly the youth. Has that whole concept been lost? It's been drummed out of our youth by two generations of teaching in progressive schools, where if you wear a T-shirt that says, God bless America, you're going to be tossed out of class because you're going to trigger someone for some unknown reason. Yeah, it certainly has. All of the problems we're talking about really come about from those two generations taught in progressive schools that America is bad and anything that happens to it, somehow we deserve it. You have to question, since we've done so much to bail out the rest of the world, since it is we who defeated Nazism, fascism, and communism throughout the world, since we continue to support people all over the world, and yet our schools teach that America is bad, is racist, is terrible. Clearly, until we solve the education problem, we're not going to really solve these other problems of people who don't believe that being patriotic to a country like America is a good thing. Well, Frank, could you just give us the audience a, 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 a repeated a, more information on how they can listen in or you know, catch your broadcast? How do they, How do they find you now? If they were not living in one of those 12 cities. Right. Well, you go to usagovpolicy.com and both our television and radio shows have links right there and you can get that any time of day or night. And how, how regular is the show? The show itself is once a week, but at usagovpolicy.com, there's a new column there every day, Monday through Friday. Good. Very, very good. Now, do you have any final, uh, any final words for our audience? Yeah, don't be disheartened. You're going to see a lot of nonsense on broadcast television, on cable, uh, and in the major papers of this country. We'll make it seem like, well, we're not going to do well in this next election. And for those particularly in New York State, New York State is in play. I believe if you go back to the history of the New York State Conservative Party, the party elected a senator on its own. It almost elected a governor on its own. Be active in the conservative party. It can make a world of difference. If New York is in play, then the, this election could be a sure thing for Donald Trump if a state like New York is in play. Well, I mean, the recent polling would indicate that. I know he believes it. And I think that, I think, frankly, you saw that whole thing uh, that's come up with the truckers 
being so upset, the delivery type truckers, which are you know big, a big operation, so upset with what happened with the attorney general, which you discussed earlier on in the show, that they're boycotting. Um, they're, and I came out of really nowhere. I mean, yeah. that's not like uh, this is Donald Trump's campaign. That is just Americans, you know, blue collar Americans, very upset with what they see occurring in New York State's judicial system, which has, you know, been an issue for us for some time. There's a if there's a sense, a feeling that there's something corrupt about the way New York City's judicial system, New York State's judicial system operates. Particularly, you know, we talked about uh, judges, but also with the district attorneys. There's a, whether it be Alvin Bragg or Gonzalez in Brooklyn or the, you know, this extraordinarily out of touch DA in the Bronx. You know, people people wonder about whether the people, as they watched Law and Order, are represented by the district attorneys, are actually represented by the district attorneys. Now, clearly, they are not. When you have someone like Alvin Bragg who in the case of a lunatic on the subway with a criminal record as long as your arm attacks innocent people and a hero like Daniel Penny moves to defend himself and those other people on the train. And it is Daniel Penny that winds up getting prosecuted. You know that there's something terribly off in the judicial system in the United States and in New York in particular. Well, Frank, I want to thank you. It's been very informative, which doesn't surprise me at all, because every time I've had any discussions with you, whether they be like this or just you and me talking, uh, they've been very informative. Uh, certainly, we covered a variety of topics. I mean, you've been a friend of the party and, frankly, a friend of mine for, uh, well, frankly, as far back as I can remember. Quite a number of years, more than we can admit. Yeah, that's, that is true. I want to I thank Andrew and Katie, who make this show happen. Uh, once again, this is the uh, Conservative Party State Chairman Jerry Kassar, and you have been watching Patriots Podium. Thank you.